Uh, we're talking about 10 truths about affliction and comfort. And we've done three, and I've got another one for you today. This one is simple. It's a real simple point, and I have two assignments for you related to it. And they're easy. This isn't a big deal. Uh, it's not, not hard work, but I think it'll be beneficial. Uh, as we've been reading 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verses 3 and on, Paul has started very generally, and as we go, he's getting more specific. So I'll remind you of the truths that we've already seen. Number one, God comforts us in all of our affliction. Remember, affliction in the context of this passage is suffering that is beyond what we have the capacity to handle. And comfort in the context of this passage is referring to the God-given ability to endure such affliction and suffering by relying on God instead of ourselves. That's what Paul is talking about in all this whole paragraph. So, number two, God comforts us so that we can comfort others. And number three, what we talked about yesterday, great Christian suffering comes with great Christian comfort. If you experience the pain of affliction, that's what suffering means. It's the feeling of the affliction. If you experience that as a Christian, you're guaranteed that God will comfort you as well. The comfort will always rise to meet the level of the suffering. Now we add the fourth one, and here it is. Everybody ready? Writing it down, memorizing it. Christian suffering and comfort have purpose. Christian suffering and comfort have purpose. We've already seen that in the other three points, but the verse we're going to add to our study today really highlights that. So I'm going to read 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verses 3 through 6. We're going to really land on verse 6. So if you have your Bible and want to follow along with me, that's what I'm going to be reading. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and God of all comfort who comforts us in all our affliction, so that we may be able to comfort those who are in any affliction with the comfort with which we ourselves are comforted by God. For as we share abundantly in Christ's sufferings, so through Christ we share abundantly in comfort too. So we've studied all those verses. Here's the new verse, verse 6. If we are afflicted, it is for your comfort and salvation. And if we are comforted, it is for your comfort, which you experience when you patiently endure the same sufferings that we suffer. So that's the verse we're going to think about for a few minutes together today. If we are afflicted, it is for your comfort and salvation. And if we are comforted, it is for your comfort, which you experience when you patiently endure the same sufferings that we suffer. We're really just going to think about the first half of this verse because the second half leads into tomorrow's truth that we're going to look at. Really, the only thing I want to encourage you to notice from this verse is that Paul was clear on the purpose for all of his affliction and all of his suffering. Um, what I want you to notice is that Paul was really clear on the purpose behind both his suffering 
and his comfort that he was receiving from God. And we need to think about them both distinctly. So he was clear on the purpose for his suffering. He knew God was working through his ministry pain um, to bring about spiritual benefits for the Corinthian Christians. It was easy for him. He was an apostle. He was given a very direct and clear call from God. Um, you might feel like that's not quite as easy for you because you are not called to be an apostle. But every Christian is a minister. Whether you feel like it or not, if you have trusted in Jesus as your Savior and are following Jesus as your Lord, we are told that he has filled you with the Holy Spirit to empower Christian ministry through you. So he has a purpose for you. Uh, you're, you're not just saved to be secure until Jesus returns and go to heaven. You're saved to be useful for the kingdom now. Um, so this gets to, to the assignment. I've got two little assignments, and here's the first one. I'll frame it as a question. Are you clear on what your ministry is? Are you clear on what God has called you to do for the kingdom? Getting clear on that will clarify the purpose behind your the suffering that you experience, especially the Christian suffering that Paul is getting at here. I'll give you two passages that you can read to help you think after we're done with this about what your ministry purpose is. The first one is 1 Corinthians chapters 12 and 13. That's all about how God empowers every single Christian to be a functioning part of the church. The second passage is Ephesians chapter 4, which also talks about how every one of us is a member of the body and given the responsibility for this kingdom work. Take some time, sometime today, to get clear on what your ministry is. I have to do this myself, somewhat regularly, actually. You might think it would be easy for me because I'm a vocational minister. This is what I do for a living is I'm a pastor. I can even still get in the weeds and lose sight of the purpose God has carved out for me. And sometimes I'll have to sit down in my prayer journal in the mornings when I have my quiet time and just clear all the debris and clutter away, whatever is on my mind, and remember what am I designed to be doing and go all the way back to the basics. We know some foundational things are true for all of us. We are called to love the Lord our God with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength. We are called to love our neighbor as ourselves. We are called to make disciples of all nations together. Um, so we, we know those, and that's plenty to get started on what our purposes are. Um, getting a little more specifically, I, I think about the relationships God has given me. I know as Meredith's husband, a major part of my purpose is to love her self-sacrificially the way Jesus loved the church. Ephesians chapter 5 teaches that. Uh, I have two children, Elias and Lillian. I know part of my purpose is to train them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. So that's a part of my purpose. And then I get, yeah, I am a pastor. So I know part of my purpose is to shepherd this flock to the best of my ability. Um, you, as a part of this church, that's a part of your purpose as well. You have a role to play in seeing this church grow as Christians. So that's your first assignment here. In order for you to understand the purpose behind whatever suffering you encounter, you need to understand what your purpose is in general. What is your ministry purpose that God has given you? 
If you have any questions or if I can help you in any way to explore that, please get in touch with me. I'd love to talk with you about that. If you know what your purpose is, it makes suffering so much easier to endure because we know that God's going to use all of our affliction and suffering for these purposes that he's carved out for us. The Bible teaches us that plainly. I think about when I used to be a tennis player uh, back in high school, we would have our tennis practices. A lot of what we would do during the first half of practice was not fun. Uh, it felt like affliction. It felt like suffering, a lot of crunches and a lot of uh, one of the main things that one of our coaches had us do was just run around the perimeter of all the tennis courts, holding our tennis rackets over our heads. And he would just sit there and drink water and read a book. And we would just run around and around and around. That would be awful. There was no way we would endure that, except that we knew there was purpose in it. It was in order for us to be better tennis players, theoretically. It didn't work out that great for all of us. It's the same with our suffering as Christians. You can endure the stress of parenting a lot more easily if you remember it's for the purpose of training up this child or these children to know and trust and follow and love Jesus Christ and to be independent adults, Lord willing, Christian adults. If you keep the purpose in mind, the suffering becomes a lot more bearable. Um, you can endure and patiently caring for aging parents a lot longer if you remember the purpose behind that is to sure no harm befalls them and to worship God through that service. So you get the idea. It's important to be like Paul here and gain clarity on your purpose when it comes to dealing with suffering. It's, it's equally important for processing comfort to remember our purpose. So Paul was clear from verse 6 that both his, uh, his suffering and his comfort or for the purpose of benefiting the Corinthian Christians. We've already talked about why it's important to remember our purpose and, and suffering. It's really equally important to remember our purpose when it comes to comfort. Um, if we forget our purpose and we suffer, we might despair. If we forget our purpose while we are comfortable, we might just become apathetic and useless and just revel in the comfort itself as if it were an ends rather than a means. Um, oh, I have a visual aid this time to make it a little more interesting. We are meant to be pipes, not cups. A lot of us live as if we were meant to be cups, that we are, are empty and to be filled up with God's comforting blessings and good things for us to keep and hoard all to ourselves. But that's not the way God designed us. He, got, he designed us to be like pipes for his blessings and comfort to flow through us to other people. If we forget the purpose on the other end over here and try to just stockpile God's comforting blessings, it short circuits the whole system and we become apathetic Christians and useless Christians. We're not helpful to other people like we're designed to be. So, here comes the second assignment, and after this, we're done. Some of you are stuck at home, working from home, or maybe at home with kids who are home from school. You might have uh, your schedules are all mixed up, and um, I hope that this assignment might give you a little bit of traction for how to be of use to other people. So this assignment is to just jot down three people that you will contact today. 
Each of these three people needs to be someone who has a need or you think might have a need that you can help with. So for example, it could be an elderly person who we know in light of the coronavirus is more vulnerable to getting sick. And you may know that they just need some reassurance. And so you could give them a call and just check in with them and take their mind off of things for a little bit and talk with them and encourage them and give them comfort in that way. It might be that you suspect maybe one of these elderly people has a physical need that they, they don't want to leave the house to go pick up something and you can run an errand for them. Another example could be someone who is prone to loneliness and you already know that about them. And now during all this social distancing, you you are aware that this might be especially difficult for them. Put them on your list of three and call them today just to connect with them, give them some human interaction. Um, might be that you are aware of someone who struggles with anxiety anyway, and then all of this upheaval, maybe putting them over the top, write them down and, uh, and giving them a call would be a good way to explore being a pipeline and not a cup. So you have your two assignments. First assignment, figure out what is your ministry that God has given you. Second assignment, Write down three people that you'll get in touch with today that you might be able to benefit in some way. And this is all because we know Christian suffering and comfort have purpose. All right, that is it for today. I kept it under 15 minutes. Love you guys and hope that you have a great rest of your day. And we'll be back tomorrow at three o'clock.